Welcome to Seelie's God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Many scriptures in the Word of God, all are relevant, all have to do with salvation. Paul stated in Hebrews 4, Take heed lest a singular promise slip any of you. You should seem to come short of entering to his rest, for there remaineth a rest to the people of God. If Jesus had given the rest, he would not have spoken of another day. The time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. It's progressive. And we find in Proverbs 4, the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. The last day work of the ministry. Who will obtain it? Who are the righteous that will go forth preaching the kingdom of God to all the world for witnessing to all nations and then the end will come. Only those that have suffered for his name's sake. We see in 2 Thessalonians 1 that your faith groweth exceedingly. The charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another, brethren. We're bound to thank God for you and all your tribulations and persecutions that you endure. Now that tribulation worketh patience, patience worketh experience, and experience worketh hope. Hope make it not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Ghost. Well, why, why the sufferings? You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. But he goes on and says, these tribulations and persecutions, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer. That kingdom of God is the kingdom age and millennial reign where we're called to be kings and priests and reign in the earth for 1,000 years with our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things that will be required in the parables that Jesus states in the seven progressive parables of the kingdom and some of it seems to be hard. Hard to be understood and hard to be obeyed. But the ones that do know their God will be obedient unto all things. When we see the seven parables in Matthew 13, and it's progressive. The first parable, to understand all parables, is a sower that went forth sowing seed. We all know that. Well, some fell on stony ground. Some fell by the wayside. Some fell among thorns, and others fell on good ground. Well, we know that tribulation persecution arises for the word's sake. By and by they're offended, bring forth no fruits unto perfection. The cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, it becometh unfruitful. They have no understanding of the word. Immediately the devil comes and takes that seed out of their heart, the word of God. But some, the word of God fell on good ground and brought forth fruit, some 30, 60, 100 fold. Then we go to that second parable of the mustard seed. Then, which is the least of all seed, but when it goes forth and grows, it becomes a tree, so much that the fowls of the air lodge in it. And he goes on and about the leaven, as a woman had hid three measures in leaven 
until the whole was leavened. Then it goes to that tares and wheat. So we have those four parables going in the first four. The sower and sowing seed. Then we have the chaff and the wheat. Then we go to the third parable, which is the faith as a grain of mustard seed, that simile. Then we go to leaven, that a woman put in three measures of meal until the whole was leavened. But then we go to that fifth, sixth, and seventh. And it has to do with selling. Now, very few will hear, but only the ones that follow the Lord Jesus Christ in obedience will be the ones chosen and counted worthy of the kingdom of God. We see in Matthew 13, he says that the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. Now, this simile is going to talk about selling. In the last day, the growth of the kingdom and the body of Christ coming unto perfection will require selling. Selling all that a man hath, except a man forsaketh all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. This is Matthew 13, verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure hid in a field. Now we know that in him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. The office hidden there is the Father. For God is Christ, Christ is God. But the Father is the office of the Spirit that's the administrative office of the Spirit of God. It's a predominant office. And there in Christ are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But Jesus stated in John 16 in righteousness that he would no more speak to us in Proverbs, but he would show us plainly of the Father. He's doing it now. Notice the ones that see that, that have that revelation that Jesus, the Christ, is the Father of glory, are the little children. They've gone from the newborn babes that desire the sincere milk of the word they may grow thereby, born of the water and the spirit, go to little children. I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake and you've known the Father. Now, this is revelation. They are the ones uh, that know that Jesus is the Father of glory, that there's only one God, and Jesus is that Spirit. And we find this treasure hid in a field. We know the world is a field. The which when a man hath found that treasure, that treasure is hid in Christ. It's a revelation of Christ. It's abiding in the doctrine of Christ. Because that's the mystery. The mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. In him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Here is the hidden treasure. But notice what it requires. In obedience. When a man hath found this truth. That Jesus is the Christ who is the Father. The God of glory. That spirit. He says. He had it and for joy thereof goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Now, that's buying the truth and selling a knot. 
That's sending forth the gospel, the true gospel of Jesus Christ, that he is the Father alone, that he is God, and there's not another. But that's just the beginning. And it requires selling. Then Jesus states, verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. Now we know that the city, the new Jerusalem, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, have 12 gates to the city. And these gates are pearls, which are of one several pearl, 12 gates, which have the names of the tribes of Israel. Foundation of that on the apostles. So therefore, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. Only God is good. And we're going to see this in Mark 10, when the young man, the rich young ruler, comes and calls Jesus good master. He finds uh, goodly pearls. He's seeking for those goodly pearls. Who, notice that person, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, the person of Jesus Christ, went and sold all that he had and bought it, selling again. Now we're going to go back in Mark 4, going to those, those uh, Mount of Transfiguration. Then in Mark 10, we find Jesus called Good Master from a rich young ruler. When we look at that, that he says in Mark 10 and verse 17. And when he had gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, now notice that goodly pearl, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now remember, in that Sixth parable, Jesus said, You're seeking goodly pearls and selleth all that he hath and buyeth it. Who, when he has found it? That's the person of Jesus Christ. He's laying hold upon the hope in obedience, doing exactly what Jesus said selleth all he has and buys it. This is synonymous with it. Good master. What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Well, we're told just simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in thine heart that thou hast raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. Not realizing you have to believe in the heart which is in the spirit, which is the spiritual circumcision of the heart. In the spirit, by baptism. Very few understand that. But the ones that do know that he's the father, understand it and obey it. And uh, that's a great straight gate that very few will follow on to have life. The question here is, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life, calling Jesus good master? This is a goodly pearl. And Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? In other words, the man you're looking at in a body of flesh and blood. There is none good but one that is God. 
In other words, Jesus is saying, do you see me as a man or do you see me as God, the Father of glory? Do you have that revelation? Then Jesus said, thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. God loves all. And said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Now that's a thing of faith. The body of Christ must face this thing. Because faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And this is to reveal the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Then signified it, sealed it by his angel unto John. That is the book of this prophecy, which we must have the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, in order to understand it, to receive it in obedience unto righteousness. Jesus said, one thing thou lackest. You've obeyed in many things, but take heed lest one promise slip you. If any of you should come short of entering into his rest, there remaineth the rest to the people of God, the eternal Shabbat, the eternal Sabbath, eternal rest. One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast. That's not just saying, Jesus, everything I have is yours. It takes action in obedience. Sell whatsoever thou hast, all your possessions. Give to the poor. Not just the poor, that the poor you have with you always, but the poor in spirit. We find that also in Luke 12. And we'll expand on that also. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. What treasure? Jesus is that treasure, that he is the Father. It's the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. That in him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And here, the rich young ruler has the opportunity to become a disciple of Jesus. He said, if the man forsaketh all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus is telling him the thing that he lacks. Many people in the body of Christ lack this thing, the thing of faith. Come take up your cross after you've sold all and follow me. Now, Jesus stated that from the very first. If any man come after me, let him first deny himself. Go pick up your cross and follow me. Well, the man was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about and said unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? Exclamation mark. The disciples were astonished at these words, as most church people are today. Well, God doesn't require that. He doesn't require that to come unto perfection when Jesus said, except a man forsaketh all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple, disciplined in the things of God. 
The disciples were just astonished. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? Somebody said, I don't trust in riches. The only way you prove that is through selling. Jesus is going to give that commandment to sell that you have, not just to the rich young ruler. Jesus states a truth. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Somebody said, well, now that's possible because there's a gate in Israel called the eye of a needle. And you can literally, literally go through it with some difficulty, but you can do it. No, Jesus is talking about a sewing needle. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure. They couldn't believe this. People today can't believe it either, that God requires it saying among themselves, who then can be saved? This seems totally impossible for anybody to do. And Jesus, looking upon them, says, with men, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Now, many will say, if you give to God, it's a hundredfold blessing. That's not so. It's to the sold-out ones that are promised a hundredfold blessing. And that requires faith in God. We go on. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. Jesus, we've left all. We forsook all. And Jesus answered and said, Verily, truly, I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. That's not for somebody just giving an offering. That's to the sold out, obedient followers of Jesus that have sold their possessions not just giving an offering of the tenth part of whatever they have in a tithe. No, he's talking sold out here. Anyone can read that and see that Jesus is talking about the ones that have believed him in selling out and said, this promise is unto you that have left houses, lands, family, that you will receive a hundredfold now in this time, in this lifetime, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, you'll never get away from persecution. All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You will receive, though, a hundredfold more. Houses, lands, mothers, brothers, daughters, fathers. That is the growth of the kingdom that is promised to you. A hundredfold blessing. Treasures in the heavens. Not where moth and rust that's corrupt and thieves break through and steal. But the true treasure in heaven with an eternal reward. But a hundredfold more in this lifetime. You want to be prosperous in the kingdom? 
this is how. But it's not just giving a $10,000 offering or a $100,000 offering. But all that you have, selling your possessions. Somebody that it's a hard thing. Well, Jesus didn't say it was easy. It is a total sold out for the believers. And he says, and in the world to come, eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. Now, did Jesus command this? We're seeing that he's stating that's one of the parables to the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 13 about that goodly pearl. And he said, not just a pearl, goodly pearl. Not only God is good. Mark 10 tells us what that goodly pearl is. Who, when he had found one, that's Jesus, pearl of great price, that's Jesus Christ, the father of glory, went and sold all they'd had and bought it. Now, that's two times in the fifth and sixth parable in the progression of parables in Matthew 13 that Jesus has said, sell. Then he says, those are the ones that will be used in the kingdom of God, being preached unto all the world for witness unto all nations, and then the end will come because he talks about the next step is a great net in all the world, fishers of men. And that's Matthew 13, verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net. These are the ones stretching the net, casting the net over all the world. That was cast into the sea. The sea is the multitude, kindreds, nations, and tongues. And gathered of every kind, the gospel going through, some believing, some not, which when it was full, the kingdom of God coming to the fold, the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. That's the final last day preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The ones in the work of the ministry are those that have sold. We see that in the fifth and sixth parable of selling for the goodly pearl. They're the ones in the seventh proverb, the seventh parable that will cast the net. And it says, so shall it be at the end of the world, the end of this age, the young. The angel shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to them, have you understood all these things? Not some of them, not just starting this race, but finishing it to the end of the world. Have you understood all these things, these things of faith? And the faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Have you understood all these things? They said unto him, yes, Yea, Lord, yes, we do. Well, that's what it takes. But very few will preach that. They'll say, well, just give a tithe, give an offering, you're okay, you've got a hundredfold blessing. No, you don't. That's only for the sold out, as in the fifth and sixth progressive parable of Jesus in Matthew 13, until finally those are the ones that cast the net. That's the work of the ministry, which we are all called for in the body of Christ. 
He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. If you will be perfect, sell that you have. And for the perfecting of the saints, those are the ones that sell out. For the cause of the gospel. And for the kingdom of God. For his name's sake. And it states there that those are the ones that will be used in the work of the ministry. That is to the knowledge of the Son of God, to the edifying of the body of Christ. This is what's going to cause the body of Christ to come into the unity of the faith. That the one next to you, as a living creature, as a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ, are the sold-out bunch. They're not going to run. They're going to stay steadfast on the course and to overcome until the end of the world. Amen. They will be saved. But only those that sell out. Somebody said, that has nothing to do with the gospel. Yes, it does. Jesus stated that in the progressive parables in Matthew 13, till finally the end of the world where the net is cast out once and for all, the last call in the kingdom of heaven. To all the world, for witnesses and all nations, and then the end will come. Luke 12, Jesus said the same thing again. And he said, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists is not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And he talks about that, some parables, and uh, talked about a rich man's ground brought forth plentifully. Now let's read it, Luke 12 and uh, verse 16. He starts telling again the parables of the kingdom of heaven, which are the truth in the Lord Jesus and the mystery revealed. And he spake a parable and then said, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Here's another rich man. We have a rich young ruler, Mark 10. Here we go in Luke 12. A rich man. And he brought thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. He's increasing so much and increasing in goods that he has no place to put them. Well, he's obviously being blessed in his business. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. I will increase my business. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, so thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Well, he's blessed. He certainly is abounding in the things of this world. And verse 20, but God said unto him, he didn't say you're blessed. Thou fool, oh, thou fool. Well, he's increased with goods. He's prospering. He's prosperity gospel. He's welcome in any church. But God said, thou fool. This night, thy soul shall be required of thee. You're going to lose your soul over this simply because you expanded your business? Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Why? He didn't kill anybody. He didn't lie, cheat, and steal. What was his sin? What did he miss? 
Verse 21, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. He doesn't have a treasure toward God. He hasn't entered into the chambers, the priest chambers, where his treasures are, because he never sold out. In the last day, work of the ministry, when great tribulation is on the saints of the living God, he says, enter into thy chambers for a little while. The chambers are the priest chambers where the treasures are. We have to prepare that. It's called sanctification. Sanctify thyself holy, both spirit, soul, and body through the word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You have to do it through the word. And rest a little while, hide thyself for a little while. In those priest chambers you've sold out, that's where your treasure is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hide thyself for a little while until the indignation be overpassed. And mine anger, God's anger, ends in their destruction. Well, if you will be perfect, so that you have. And so is he that is rich toward self, and his treasures rich toward self, and not rich toward God. What was he saying? Simply, that he was rich toward self. He never sold out to God. He never become a disciple of Jesus. Except the man forsaketh all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Now, I know that that is a profound truth that very few will hear. But the ones that do will be the instruments of righteousness, which will go forth in the last days as God's instruments of judgment. They will preach this everlasting gospel to all the world. They're the ones that will... Uh, Provide and cast that net over all the world, all nations. And it'll be the last, at the end of the world, the last day harvest of souls. Only those that are sold out will be the ones that do that. He goes there and he tells the disciples in verse 33, same chapter, sell that you have. That's not a suggestion. That is a commandment. That's a thing of faith just as much as it is. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Sell that you have and give alms, offerings, alms deeds. Provide for yourselves bags which was not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not. Where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupts. Provide for yourself treasures in the heavens, where thieves do not break through. And the moth corrupts. Treasures in the heaven, not treasures toward yourself. That's exactly what he's saying. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, your spirit, your very soul is either in the kingdom or it's in the world. If it's in the world, any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh, and the world passes away with the lust thereof. Most will be in that category. What's the difference? Well, they find a goodly poor pearl, that goodly pearl. They sell all that they have and purchase it. That is in the fifth and sixth proverb parable of Jesus in Matthew 13. 
Mark 10 is the richer and older. Luke 12, he's telling it a commandment, sell that you have. Give alms, offering. Provide for yourself treasures in the heavens, not rich toward self, rich toward God, where your treasure is, there's your heart also. Well, did the disciples do that? Jesus did it. All the disciples, Jesus required all. All the disciples forsook all that they had. Peter said so. We forsaken all and followed you, Jesus. What shall we have, therefore? And Jesus stated to him, You that have left all, sold all, gave up all, in the regeneration, that's in the millennial, when the, everything is restoration and regeneration of the, of the earth, new heavens, new earth, you'll set up on 12 thrones, judging 12 tribes of Israel. Well, it's a perfect governor of God. And well done, thy good and faithful servant, be thou ruler over many. Some will be ruler over five cities, some ruler over ten cities. Some will be priests of Zadok in the temple of God in Ezekiel 40 through 48. It'll be dependent upon the obedience and the rewards that we receive. All the nations of them that are saved will walk in the name of their gods, their judges, little G-O-D-S, Micah 4. And we, those in the body of Christ, will walk in the name of the Lord, our God, Jesus Christ. In Acts, the second chapter, notice what they did. Pentecost, there's a great move of God. Acts 2, verse 44. And all that believed, are you a believer? All that believed were together, one mind, one accord, and had all things common. What? They were one mind, one accord for the common of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And sold their possessions and goods, everything they had, and parted them to all men as every man had need. We'll see the same thing. Jesus stated it. The disciples did it. The church sanctioned it in Acts 2.44. And then in Acts 4, verse 34, neither was any among them that lacked. You know, he that gathered much had nothing left over. He that gathered little had no lack. For as many as were possessors, possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the price of the things that were sold. What did they do with them? They laid them down at the apostles' feet. The apostles. Somebody said, I don't know any apostles. Well, then you've missed the mark because he gave some first in the church apostles, not pastors, apostles, secondarily prophets. And it's through these two offices in Ephesians 3 that is the spearhead for the kingdom of God in proceeding word of God in truth. The spearhead for it. As that mystery in Christ, as it, is, as it is now revealed, Paul said unto his holy apostles and prophets, those are the two offices God uses to bring in these proceeding word of God in truth. That's the reason the book of Acts is called the Acts of the Apostles. We know it's the Holy Ghost, but why apostles? Because they are a spearhead in the office of an apostle. They are servants for the body of Christ 
as uh, they are deep in the word of God and lead the body of Christ into it. Same way the prophets. They laid them down at the apostles' feet, all that had possessions, lands, and goods. Laid them down at the apostles' feet after they'd sold, and distribution was made unto every man according to as, he, as he had need. Now, Jesus stated it. Somebody said, that's a hard saying. We're just supposed to sell out that we have and just forgive it all and, and forget of the world and just how do we live? Well, you were in a body of believers then. And that requires prayer. Knowing them that labor among you. Seek God for the truth and the apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and know them to labor among you, and God will lead you. But those in our worldly church think, well, I've asked Jesus to come in my heart, I'm saved, have no idea of the progressive parables of Jesus and what is essential to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Those that have an ear to hear will do so. Jesus stated it. The apostles did it. The church sanctioned it. And Acts 2 and Acts 4, all that had possessions did it. That did not just happen back then. That's still today. And Jesus stated those truths. You find a field, you purchase it. You find that goodly pearl, sell all that you have and purchase it. Then you have those that will throw the net out over all the world. And it'll be the last day call of the gospel of Jesus Christ to all nations of the world. And then the end will come. Well, I hope this has been a blessing to you. We want to invite you to become part of the jcic.tv, which is a private website for all that are seeking God in the depth of the truth. And simply you go there where it's constructing it now. You go to jcic.tv private site for the Jesus only doctrine of Christ so you understand who Jesus is and we're going into the depths of this for the work of the ministry you'll be given a username and password and we will be able to participate ask questions and give comments as the ministers and the body of Christ that believe going on to perfection is required this site is for you well until the next time this is Brother Dennis Beard saying behold the real Jesus